Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I could see it in your eyes. I could see it in your smile. You're all I've ever wanted, and my arms are open wide. (laughs) Welcome, guys, to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. What's going on, guys? That is Lionel Richie's lyrics to the song, Hello. Such a good song. Some of you probably don't even know who Lionel Richie is because I know my listeners are 20s to 30s, I think. Most of them, anyway. But if you don't know that song, go listen to it because it's so good. And send it to someone that you love and adore. But before you do that, it may be a good idea to listen to tonight's podcast to see if it's love, or if it's something else. (laughs) All right, guys, quick check-in. I forgot to do this last week. This takes 45 seconds. Let's just take the time and take our attention and focus the awareness inward. And as you do this, Notice any feelings, sensations, emotions that you may be experiencing. I'm not asking you to do anything with them. Just notice them. This is a process to getting in touch with your feelings. Now I want you to take a deep breath in. And once you do that, let's hold it for a few seconds. Now release all the tension of the day. Nicely done, fellas. (laughs) Are you guys staying healthy? I hope so. I really... Hope that you are staying healthy because our health is the number one priority. If we don't have our health, we don't have anything. During these times, I want you to remember to say, my cells are healthy. My cells are strong. And I want you to say this frequently every day, a couple times a day. And speak it and your body will listen. The human body has its own communication system. It tells us when something's off by the way that we feel. But if you've ever done that mind trick and told yourself that you feel better or that you feel good when you really didn't, your body will listen and your body will start to feel better. It's just like confidence. When you tell yourself 
that you're confident, when you tell your body and your mind that you are confident and you feel that with everything inside of you, you'll go out there and you will win. And it's the same thing with ourselves, guys. Our body hears and listens to the vibrations of our voice and what frequency that it is being spoken. And the thing about our bodies is it doesn't forget how we've treated it, but it also remembers and will remember when we are taking care of it, whether that's through seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching. Anyway, that's tonight's little ramble. (laughs) I have no other craziness to share with you tonight. I just want to get in to talk about love. (laughs) All right. So how do we know if it's love or if it's limerence? We're going to learn about this tonight. So after this podcast you'll have a better understanding of what limerence is. The stages and the signs that you may have or have had as a limerence experience and how to break this obsession. I also want to share seven kinds of love and what healthy love looks like since some people have never experienced it. When someone only knows trauma. Most likely their relationships have been very unstable and toxic. So it's hard to know what a healthy dynamic between partners feels like. And it came up last week with someone that has been in very codependent relationships. And he doesn't know what a healthy relationship really should be between two people because he's never experienced that. So I thought I would add it into tonight's podcast and hope that you guys can walk away with a better understanding of what love is. Okay. So what exactly is limerence? The phrase was coined in 1979 by a American psychologist named Dorothy Tanov. And her book was titled Love and Limerence. She used questionnaires and interviews to research romantic love. And what she noticed was a number of common qualities among people who claim to be in love. So let me give you the definition of what limerence is. Limerence is defined as a a near obsessive form of love that stems from romantic or non-romantic feelings for another person. And it's often characterized by obsessive thoughts, fantasies, and a desire to develop or maintain a connection with the object of love and have one's own feelings reciprocated. Often possessiveness 
is almost a strong urge as well. You yearn for that other person's love, which might send you into a, you know, roller coaster of emotions. It becomes a source of extreme worry and jealousy that you will not end up with this person. And that fear frequently becomes the focal point of the situation. This is a very irrational love based on simply a feeling. And this can cause turmoil in the lives of stable people, reasonable people living their life. And this is not to be confused with love. Lovers want to give it away. Whereas limerence seeks to gain it. True love freely gives and receives. Whereas limerence makes you hungry for more. Limerence is a bottomless hunger. And because love and limerence appear to be nearly identical, it can be incredibly deceiving. It's a state of infatuation that's similar to being in love. And this, again, can happen to anyone. But some people are more prone to limerence than others. There's two constructs that have been linked to limerence in previous studies. Low self-esteem is caused by an anxious attachment style and a negative self-evaluation. Remember when I discussed about relationship attachment styles? I did a podcast a while ago. If you haven't listened to it, it's pretty interesting. So feel free to go check that out if you want. But limerence is characterized by a great need to be accepted by the person that you're infatuated with to the, to the point where rejection is feared. And people who have a high desire for approval in general, as well as those who are afraid of rejection, may be at risk for limerence. The limerent person is usually also afraid of being perceived as an undesirable partner. Limerence is often one-sided. So one partner is limerent and the other is not in most limerent affected partnerships, if you even want to call it that. This is once again, a really messy situation. And according to experts, this obsession or this infatuation can continue anywhere from three to five years, and in some cases, decades or even a lifetime. Your limerent object will take up nearly 100% of your waking thoughts if you allow your brain to be hijacked by the negative despair or even pleasure, depending on the situation. But many of these types of situations end in disappointment and rejection. Only a small percentage of them develop into a vibrant, healthy, long-term relationship. On a limerence scale, there's a wide range of severity from mild to obsessive. So it really depends 
but there have been stories of people in this type of obsessed scenario committing harmful behaviors to attract the attention of that person that they're obsessed about, as well as depression and suicide. One-sided situations are the most common cause of this, again. So the limerent reaction is fueled by a sense of insecurity, and limerence will usually wear off once that certainty is received. But most times they don't get that. And this is typically a scenario in which one or both are in a committed relationship or they're married or it's unrequited love or it's with a toxic partner. Many people who are having affairs, whether it's the married person or the person on the outside, are in limerence. And when it comes to affairs, we can really make our partners appear to be these horrible individuals in order to rationalize our affections for someone just to help us to feel less guilty. And it happens all the time. Their partner is this terrible person while they're having this affair with someone because it makes them feel, like I said, less guilty about the situation. What's happening with a limerent experiencer is they have exceptionally low levels of serotonin, this neurotransmitter that affects our mood. And I'll explain how we can fix this in a little bit. And if you're in this type of situation, if you're really falling for someone outside of your partnership or relationship, I'm not telling you what to do here. I just, I just want to ask you to really look at what you're looking for outside of your relationship before you start exploring. And if you're one on the outside that has fallen for someone who is married, that's something that needs to be inspected too. Because when you're wanting someone that's in another relationship, you're standing for second place. And if that's good with you, then that's great. But that's not for me. I want to be someone's first place. Right? I would think that we would all want to be someone's first choice. So really look at your self-worth in these type of dynamics. And also what you're willing to give up or what you're willing to lose to have something that appears to be sparkling and pleasant because it feels good. Maybe you're not in limerence, but maybe you are. If you are and you don't know it, let's let's check out some of the indications that you could be limerent. If you're having obsessive thoughts about this person, and how you might be able to help them. 
or if you're idolizing them and you're putting them on a pedestal. You're only looking at the positive aspects. You're not looking at the red flags. The negative characteristics are downplayed or ignored, right? It's possible that you'll devise a plan to try and run into this person or you'll figure out how to communicate with them in some way. Also, there's a lot of stalking that takes place. You want to know who they're talking to or what they're up to. You may experience deep sadness or joy depending on whether you're looking for or waiting for indications that they're feeling the same way. You know, it's possible that you've never experienced anything like this feeling before. That's another sign. I've never felt this way before. Or you're thinking about a future with them. Or you think that they're your soulmate. You could be wondering if you're the only one that they're experiencing these feelings with. You may have trouble thinking and concentrating. Concerned about their opinions of you. That they may become, you know, that will cause uneasiness and tenseness because of that fear of rejection has surfaced once again. Feeling that emotional roller coaster or experiencing mood swings. You could be happy one minute and pissed off and angry the next. You may not be able to imagine a life without them. That you can't live without them, that they're the only one. This is very strong sexual lust and desire for this person. You may experience heart palpitations, dizziness, sweating, anxiousness, or even an extreme shyness while being in their presence or their energy. And this type of behavior can cause us to lose our careers, our jobs, our everything starts to crumble around us. Everywhere you walk, everywhere you go, you're being constantly reminded of this person. You might see their name or hear a song. They're always there and you'll always feel these strong emotions even facing the adversity that won't change you might go back and reread texts or emails and trying to decipher or figure out what that message really meant You might remember and listen and replay all the words in your mind that have been spoken to you. This is very common. People do get obsessed with partners. But we really have to look at, is it love or 
visit limerence because as you can see a lot of these signs are are like falling in love but how do you really know so if you hang tight with me i'll share with you what love really is what it looks like so first i want to share with you ways that you can alleviate this emotional overwhelm and distress the source has to be depleted it has to be starved and you have to become really aware of the situation and take the blindfold off and really look at the situation and accept their decision and respect their decision refocus on you Take up the new activities and the ambitions to keep yourself occupied. Make it all about you right now. But it's really important to begin by altering the psychological beliefs and assessing the issue. You're chasing someone who isn't interested in you, who isn't pursuing you, and We put these people on pedestals and this is the moment we need to take them off the pedestal. And I don't think anybody, and you've heard me say this many times, no one should ever be on a pedestal. No one ever. But when you do that, you'll be able to see their actual flaws as well as your own. If this isn't about looking at what you did and what they didn't do, It's about looking at the overall situation and take a look at how you're treating yourself as a result of this person's rejection towards you. And no one is perfect, including them. And when you really feel the absurdity of the situation, this will help you to deprogram these crazy beliefs and realize that they aren't the source of all of your positive feelings. They aren't who you created this illusion for them to be in our mind. I think you know, when we experience something like that, it's really important to to stay away from relationships or dating for the meantime, in order to heal because we're obviously in a wounded space when we are chasing someone. I understand the high that the chase brings, you want to get that person and they're going to be yours. And I totally understand. I used to do it. But when you look at the situation, when you're chasing someone and they're not reciprocating that, that's an unequal kind of love, if you want to call it that. It's unrequited. If someone is interested in you or if someone wants to be with you, they will show up. They will be there trying to pursue you. 
And I know it's painful to hear this because I used to hear it and it used to hurt like hell and I didn't want to believe it, but it's the truth. When someone wants to be in your life, they will be there. And going about chasing someone is most likely going to end up in heartbreak because the feelings are not the same. They're not equal. Just remember this, if this is something that you're experiencing. Work on your emotional intelligence. When you do this, you know, two people won't play that game. They'll come to you and say, you know what, I'm very attracted to you, or I'm very fond of you. And the other will reciprocate. And that's where a relationship is formed in a healthy way. I don't like that cat and mouse game. We want someone that's going to love us just just as much as we love them. And when you go through this, when you work on yourself, work on your emotional intelligence and all that sort of thing, then it's time to give your affection to someone who is willing to reciprocate that back to you. If you're going through something like that, it's it's really important to cut all contact from, from that person, even though it is extremely painful. But it's the most beneficial action for you to take for all parties. Let them go. Let them be, let them live their life and you go about and live yours because I promise you, you will find someone that will match your love. But also, it's also about working on your self-worth too, right? Because if we were chasing someone that really didn't give us that back, we're having an issue with our self-worth. So that is also key to remember. Just the best thing is to end the affair, end that relationship and put it to rest. Take care of your own feelings. Some things that you can do to raise your serotonin. Remember we talked about that because a lot of people who are limerent are low in serotonin. So what we could do, because limerence is such a stressor on the body and the brain, it's crucial to eat meals on a regular basis. Eat foods that contain tryptophan. This will boost the serotonin levels, such as salmon, organic chicken, yogurt, and even omega-3s. But I'm not a doctor, and it's always important to talk to your doctor before you take any supplements. So now let's move on to how to have a happy, healthy relationship. Robert Sternberg is a well-known psychologist who came up with triangular theory of love. When it comes to interpersonal relationships, there are three key components. And he did some psychological research on this theory at Yale University. It's here to define different elements 
of interpersonal relationships and to illustrate how these can combine to form seven types of love. But first, those three components consist of intimacy, passion, and commitment. So intimacy, meaning you have that psychological closeness to each other. You know, you're sharing your thoughts and feelings with one another. Passion is having that intense physical attraction with one another. And obviously commitment is making a conscious decision to remain together. And that's what commitment's all about. This is the magic potion to keeping love going for a lifetime, keeping that fire burning, baby, (laughs) by having all three of those in a relationship. But before we talk about that, I just want to share with you, what are the seven types of love and which one do we want to embody? One of the ones that I'm listing in this group has all three. The first one is the friendship love. You know, that's having a deep connection with someone, but there's no romance or passion involved. The next one is the infatuation love. And that is basically physical attraction and passion are at the forefront of that kind of love. Then we have the empty love. And this is nothing more than a commitment. It provides no emotional or physical fulfillment, and there's no passion or closeness within that type of relationship. Then there is the fatuous love. This is a combination of commitment and desire. And this is similar to the celebrity weddings or the Vegas weddings, just not a whole lot of substance there. Then we have the romance love. This is defined by passion and intimacy, but there's no commitment. It's just like those romance novels, right? (laughs) Next is the companionate love. This is where it's intimate and there's commitment in this relationship. It's stronger than a friendship, but it lacks passion. It just becomes familiar. It becomes comfortable, but again, not too exciting. And lastly, we have consummate love. This is the perfect relationship that brings all three of these components together for a special kind of happiness. Even after years of being together, these people still adore one another. So what are the steps to forming a successful partnership like the consummate love? I would say first, before any type of love can take place, acceptance and forgiveness of oneself must come first. I know you hear me say that all the time, but it's true because we can only see a partner as far and as deeply as we can see ourselves. So that's why it's imperative to do the work. 
to master yourself, your emotions, your inner world, you know, and I've had guys say to me, like, how will I know that she's the one? And I tell them that if she's the one, you will never ask that question. You'll just know. But be very careful and look at all three parts of the relationship. Does, does this relationship that you're involved in include all three? Is the communication on point open and honest? Because open and honest communication is essential, essential for creating closeness and holding space for, you know, one another to share your feelings. And this is important because you might need to even set a time aside every other day. Even though you have a chaotic schedule, it's important to make time, even just 10 minute sessions and make it a habit and just sit down and say, let's talk about it. How are you feeling? Right? Look at the intimacy and the lovemaking in the relationship with one another. Are you satisfying each other's needs? You know, it's always important to mix it up and try new things. Keep it curious or exciting. And make sure sexual experiences are, you know, at least a couple times a week or on a weekly basis. Are you enamored by this person from the inside out? You know, never go for just by what the outside appearances show because there can be poison on the inside. But it's really important to look at the person from the inside out, be open with one another's sexual needs and desires, and also don't dismiss any sexual problems because I know some guys that can have a fear of failure due to some sexual issues but this can be discussed as a couple or and it should be it should be addressed by a professional because the relationship can really you know not be as strong as it could be and this clearly applies for women as well some may not be able to have orgasms. Some suffer from pelvic pain or some just have some, you know, unusual things going on down there. I don't know. But regardless, just talk about it with your partner. Another thing is we need to accept our partners for who they are when we first meet them and understand that people evolve they grow and change just like everyone else does. And as that happens, the relationship may shift and change as well. But it's really important to allow your partner to choose their own path. And it's equally important to maintain your own independence in that. Outside of the partnership, you know, you should be doing your own thing, your own hobbies, your profession, whatever that is. 
just make sure that you have something else. Don't lose your identity within the relationship. And it's also important to not dwell on your partner's flaws. No one's perfect. We all have flaws. No one is flawless. It's important to choose a partner who shares the same core values and interests as you. Also, do you have the same ultimate vision for the relationship? You know, we all have a vision of our future for, say, our career or our jobs or work, children, whatever. But we rarely have that for a relationship. So what does that partnership look like in the long run without the fairy tale version? When things get shit deep, you know, what's that going to look like? And ask yourself, what do you want out of your relationship? And what do they want out of it? How do you want to be loved? And can you give that same amount back? What would you hear, feel, or see as you live like you want to be loved by your future partner? And are you truly fulfilling each other's needs and taking care of each other's needs? This is why it's imperative to have some kind of understanding and knowledge of what they are. Is it to feel secure and comfortable? Everybody has different wants or needs. Is it to feel loved and desired? Or just to have a deep connection? So this is why it's important to not jump the gun. When we meet people, find out who they truly are. Another thing in healthy relationships that takes place is we really shouldn't be the victim. No one should be the victim in that relationship. Just accept responsibility for your own actions. And hopefully a partner who is emotionally intelligent will understand and do the same. But accept the difficult periods that will take place in the relationship and see them as opportunities to overcome and grow, to bring the relationship to the next level, to look back and say, holy crap, we've been through so much and have that strengthen the bond between you. But it's important to keep the curiosity alive and don't put anyone, your spouse, in a box. Let them be who they are as you met them. And, you know, spend time together with your best friend. That's who they should be, your best friend. While still doing things alone, of course. But again, all this is wonderful but communication is the glue that's going to hold the connection together communication and emotional intimacy according to experts staying in love has favorable benefits on the brain so the brain reaps 
pleasant advantages. And understanding how to preserve long-term romantic love requires us to kind of have a scientific understanding as well. So the long-term intense love is viewed by our brains as a goal-directed behavior that leads us to rewards. The benefits can include feeling, you know, security, relaxation, and unity with one another, as well as the reduction of worry and tension. So neuroscience backs this up as well, because couples who've claimed to be in love, even after 21 years, have had the same in love dopamine signals as the younger couples, according to the scientists. So when they were given images of their beloved, their brains lit up as if they were young lovers again. And never be afraid to try and reignite the relationship or revive it. You know, if you love that person and you see that the ship is starting to sink, of course, both people need to be in that ship. And there can only be one person bailing out that water. You both have to be there doing it. And shit's going to get rocky. That boat is going to get rocky. And you both may fly out. Who knows? (laughs) But, you know, you're going to do your damnedest to keep that boat afloat and alive. If you really want that relationship, if you really love that person, don't quit too soon. Things get rough at times, but the strong ones always pull through. They don't let the distractions of the outside world pull them apart. The dangling carrots or the diamonds, right? And all along, you have a diamond writing your space. And sometimes we think otherwise. When it gets a little dull, we want a new diamond. But all we have to do is polish up the one we have. When it's sincere, committed, unconditional love is all about giving. It's not about you. It's about the other person. Be careful if you're feeling a certain way about someone and you mistake it for limerence, but it's really love. Do your homework. Look at the whole scenario. Because they are so identical. That is the message tonight, dear ones. I'm sorry this is so long, but it is what it is, right? (laughs) Please take these words and do what you will with them. I'm wishing you all the best. Sending out love and life healing. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. (laughs) 